show was created by a menace for menaces. Menace to society. From menace to decent society. And always has been a menace to society. You are now locked into a brand new episode of the Menace to Society podcast. Made for those who don't settle, don't stick to the status quo, and for those who aren't afraid to think outside the box. Let's go. If you aren't afraid to speak up or do things differently, even when things do not make any sense to most people, then this is for you. We smash goals and crush average. All day, AJ, baby. The Menace to Society podcast starts now. It's your second one of the day, bro. Third one. Third one. What's up, guys? Jason Payne, your co-host of the MAF podcast. Okay, we're here today. I got I got Mr. San Diego here, right? Normally, he's on our Zooms with us. We got him live in the flesh. The peacock himself, Mr. Nick Trevilian. Nick you know, Coach it's Nicky. it's nice to be here, not via Zoom. You know, as you guys know on the MAF podcast, I, I I'm on a lot, but I'm on via Zoom, and it's cool to be actually in the studio, sitting next to the man, the myth, the legend, Carlos Reyes. What's Thank up, you, man? Brother. I appreciate you uh, flying in. Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really, it, it means it means uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, I love. I'm a relationship guy. Sure. You know what I mean. I love people. And uh, this gesture yeah. goes a long way. Appreciate you. Yeah. Well, for us, the podcast is great. And us being here, it's great to hear your story. For us, it's about providing mass amounts of values to the listeners and the viewers right now. Mm-hmm. And I knew for a fact, us in studio with you, with your story, your history, your attitude, your swagger, just everything. I was like, dude, we got to give the MAF listeners like one of the raddest, baddest podcasts on planet. So uh, no pressure, right? Thank you, brother. Uh, well, I actually told Terrence, who's not here today, obviously, um, I told him, I said, hey, uh, just be ready. I said, you guys better bring bring some heat because I'm ready. You know, and the energy here is so beautiful. Even on my way here, like I was telling you earlier, um, I had just I just got done doing the podcast. It was more in the real estate sector. And my wife's like, hey, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm going to go, you know, go hang out with the uh, Menace Boys and we're going to shoot a podcast. He's like, oh, man, your second podcast. I said, yeah, babe. But the energy that these guys bring, it's it's very genuine and it's empowering. Uh, and it's uplifting, so I said I'm gonna have a lot of fun with it. So I'm, I'm actually very happy to be here. Awesome. So before we dive into the episode, though, you guys are gonna fall in love with my man Carlos. But before you go crazy, fall in love with him, we gotta tell tell the listeners that my man is gonna be on stage at MenaceCon 2023. Bro, MenaceCon two, Carlos Reyes, which is crazy because you live just up the street from us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is even cooler because we get to have that that little AZ bond going on there. But what I love about Carlos is his willingness to help other people uh, connect other people without expecting anything in return, which is one of our core values. You saw it on the wall out there, yep. man. Yep. We, give, we rock we give those core first. values. Yeah, yeah, we give first without yeah. expecting anything in return. And uh, Terrence, you know, Terrence has been following you for a while, trying to get on your radar, and you're doing like, dude, and, and this is how just genuine you are. This is why we're like, dude, Carlos has got to be freaking come with us. Apart from the whole story, which we're not going to get into today, uh, uh, in San Diego or California, sorry, with Ed Milet and Jordan Wildman and the, Wildman, yeah. the FaceTime and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's a whole different story. But the fact that you're like, dude, come up to my office. Let's chat for a couple hours, get on the same page, collaborate together, break some bread as Nikki T would say, get some lunch. Break that bread, baby. And, um, and then from there, it's just been this, this, it's not even a partnership because I feel like a partnership is more transactional. This is a friendship on a, on a business basis, which I love because we can just, we can be real with each other. There's no fake, there's no bullshit. It's just raw, authentic. And that's how we can relate to our friends 
and our audience. You just talked about that before. Like, mm-hmm. how many people can you can follow you around on a camera twenty four seven, and you can just keep talking and talking and keep going, and you don't have to like. Tur- there's no switch to turn off, mm-hmm. right? That's what I love about you is that some people have to turn off that switch because they're not real and genuine all the time. Only yeah. when they hop on get camera in, or get in, get in the studio, right? right. And fake yeah. it, yeah. dude. I think you're living proof of the quote from Zig Ziglar. You get everything that you want in this life. If you help enough people get what they want. I love it. And I, I, I think you just, you just exemplify that like in who you are and what you do. That's how we met yeah. was you were like, Hey, what can I do to give? So for you guys turning in or tuning in, excuse me, everybody wants to grow and they'll look at your social media and be like, dude, he's balling out on social. Yeah. But that, that, that those are vanity numbers. Mm-hmm. What, what I see is the guy that's actually in the trenches, just giving with no expectation of return yep. and those relationships turn into more opportunity, more mm-hmm. relationships, mm-hmm. more followers. Where does that come from? Like, how did you develop that mindset, dude, of just giving first? You know, um, if you don't know my story, which actually me and you were discussing that, um, I was born I was born in Mexico, and I was born into extreme poverty. Um, where I was born, which is Hermosillo, Sonora, um, we, I lasted about two years there, then went south to where my grandma's house was. Um, I'm going to go down this, this, this story real quick. Sure. My, my, my father, um, he was, he was a federale and, um, he wasn't a good dude. Um, he would constantly and consistently come home coked out and drunk and obviously, you know, be abusive towards my mother until my mother said no more. You know what I mean? It took one specific incident, which is, uh, my, my little brother, who's only about a year and a half, uh, younger, younger than I am that, you know, he, he put my mom, he put me, he put my little brother against the wall and he was kind of coked out and drunk and he didn't shoot at us to shoot us, but he was shooting towards us. And that incident, that's where my mom said, you know what, if I stay with, with this man, I'm, I'm, we're we're not going to be alive for too much longer. And now obviously it was affecting her children. So then my mom left him went down to Guaymas, which is about an hour and an hour and a half south of where that city was, where we were born. And when I say extreme poverty, I'm talking about my grandfather built the house that we were in, right? Let me get this closer just to make sure. Uh, My grandfather built the house that we were living in with his bare hands. And this house was made out of plywood and and wood, right? You're, you're a roofer. You you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. literally plywood and, 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 and wood like four by fours holding the plywood together laminate top laminate roofing um and the the floor was was literally dirt bro and we didn't have uh we didn't have running water there the way that we would get our water is this huge truck with a huge container it's called a pipa it would come up and once a week uh all right who's gonna buy some water because if you don't buy this water you don't have no water yeah yeah i lived in mexico city for two years i got you he knows what i'm talking about right so then we would buy the water from this this truck and we would put it in these huge containers just enough for the week for us to do everything for us to shower, for us to cook, for us to do everything we needed to do, right? And that's exactly, by the way, how we showered. We literally had a, a bucket. Um, my, my grandfather put this, the dirt floor, he had this little like piece of cement where we would literally put a bucket in there and with the smaller bucket, a container, that's how we would shower. And our our electricity we had none our electricity consisted of butane lamps lamps that you literally that are filled with butane and you you know you you light them up and then you you can raise it up you can raise it down right 
and the way that we washed their clothes was was in the backyard through a washing board. Like my grandma and my my mother would wash their clothes through a washing board, and then they would hang it across these these lines, right, with these little wooden whatever they were. Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather also built a back house for us to use the restroom, and that was most of my childhood. Well, my mom wanted more for myself and and, and her family, so my mom had a hard talk with my my grandfather and my and my grandmother. Um, and said, hey, you know, this is not where I, I want more for my children. I mean, she was, the, in my opinion, she was the first visionary in my family, mm. right? So I want more for my children. So um, she had already had a little bit of a taste of America um, by coming up here when she was younger, right, through a visa. Mm. But it was one of those visas where you can only come and, like, you couldn't be here for more than six months. You know what I mean? It was yeah, like yeah. Time one of those in and out, right? Yep, yep. And, and then finally she you know she had that talk with my grandparents and she made her way up to um uh san diego escondido specifically that area and she was working the fields and she received amnesty right so now now she became a resident right and two year two plus years later she literally came back down and by the way we didn't have a phone and the one person in the neighborhood that had a phone right he she would call us Friday Fridays at 5 p.m. Fridays at 5 p.m. That's the one time we got to talk to our mom, communicate. Because back then there was no Facebook. You're talking mid nineties, early nineties. There's no Facebook. There's no MySpace. Yeah, no internet. No, no email. You know what I mean? Like none of that, right? So it was just an old school phone. We didn't have a phone. Our neighbor had one phone. And that's where she would communicate. That's how she would communicate with us. And that's how we would know that she was alive. And that's how she would know we were alive. And then we would just catch up what our week looked like, right? So Eventually, she came back down and she took my brother and me up to TJ, Tijuana, right? And uh, my my aunt, uh, her name was uh, Maria Esther, Mary Esther. She had a house in Tijuana, and we we went there for a little a little bit until we got together and we're like, okay, how are we going to get over, <laughs> right? So our first attempt was through a sewer canal in San Isidro, which is right next to TJ. We with her left hand, she's carrying my brother and she's, she's kind of just guiding me, guiding me with her right hand. And we are trying to get through the sewer canal and then we get caught. Thank God the immigration guy didn't like put us in a, in a truck and say, all right, you know, we like separate the family. He actually had enough empathy for us to say, I mean, he saw a mom and two kids. So he was like, Hey, just go back, you know, just, just go back. And we went back and we kind of regrouped for 48 hours back to my aunt's house the next time we made it and we made it all the way to Escondido. Right. And at that point, man, like my mom, she actually got a better job. Uh, she was in an assembly line. She went from the fields to an assembly line at a company called health best where they're just packaging like nuts and fruit and you know, all kinds of stuff, whatever. I, I don't, I know she used to bring some home, so I don't remember specifically what it was, but it was healthy to some extent. Right. And she, you know, by, by the time, by the way, I came in, in like mid first grade by the time i finished the second grade um we were we were broken we were living under a tree and we had to make our way back to Mexico. and by the by the way you 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 guys will appreciate this i i used to get made fun of in the first grade and in the second grade and i used to be called i people used to call me a wetback and blah 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 right but bro it was never my best friend was a white person named Patrick McCormick. He was part Irish too. Mm. You know what I mean? He was my best friend. Um, man, it's, it's, it's crazy because the Chicanos 
the Chicanos, the Mexicans, they were they, the ones that were born in, in there. They were the ones like entitlement. They were the ones calling me, you know, the W word and that stuff. And my friend Patrick used to just always look out for me. And, um, you know, cause we, we both really liked playing basketball in the first and second grade. Uh, and, uh, I used to even sometimes go spend the night at his house and bro, I remember I, 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 man, I remember one of the things that I will never forget for the rest of my life, bro. And I recently caught up with him on Facebook. He's like, holy shit. Is this who I think it is? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I'll, I'll bring that up for you. Right. But I remember, bro, Patrick used to bring, uh, an extra peanut butter and M&M sandwich just to share with me. Like, that's the kind of friend this guy was. He was such an amazing friend to me during my childhood, during a time where, you know, I was just an immigrant dude that didn't even know much English. We used to play basketball together. But you know what? You know what? It also, what, getting discriminated by my own people caused me to stay after school and learn English. So mm -hmm. I took English classes after school and I took English classes uh, in the summer between the second and the third grade. Right. So I, I just, I, I just organically, by the way, like I was just like, okay, you know what? I really need to learn this language. So that's when I started learning English and, and, and look at how great God is, bro. Because by the time, by the time we failed and we were living under a tree and we had to go back to Mexico, I already knew enough English to start bagging groceries near a resort uh, town called San Carlos. So now, right now, now I know enough English to bag groceries. My mom and I came up with, we went back to the board, you know, the, the, back to the drawing board. And we're like, how, cause once you've had a little taste of America, you're like, I can't live here. I can't, I, I can't like, I already know when you don't know, right. Cause poverty is like one of those ignorance is bliss type of deal. Mm -hmm. When you're mm -hmm. poor, and that's the world you know, that's actually a blessing. Because when you're poor and then you figure out, you find out that there's more to life than poverty, mm. then you're like, okay, I a little, little taste of it. I can't live like this. I can't, you know, I, I don't want to keep, you know, shitting in the back house. I don't want to keep, you know, living in dirt floors. I don't want to keep sharing one house that's 300 square foot with my brother, my mom, and my grandparents, you know what I mean? Like everything kind of changes for you once you've had a little taste of it, right? Totally. So her and I were like, we got to get back here. We got to get back to America. There's so many, I think, seeds that were planted in your brain in all of those different times, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that was under the tree or going back to Mexico or having to get the job back in groceries mm -hmm. that almost like, do you feel a lot of those, I'm not saying life lessons because some of them weren't the nicest lessons, but you think a lot of that shaped like your mindset of, of who you are today? A hundred percent. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I'll just give you an example. When we went back to the drawing board and we were like, hey, we got to get back to America. I'm in the third grade now. Right. Brother, because I knew just enough English to talk to white folks who came and shopped at this. It's kind of like a Walmart. It's called La Ley. Right. It's like a Walmart. It's a big, big grocery store, retail store. They sell clothes, groceries, bikes, whatever, like a Walmart. Right. I think it's owned by the Chinese. They know they own everything. So. Right. <laughs> All right. They own it. And, um, you know, because I can speak enough English, bro, I was making about ten dollars a day. My mom was making thirty dollars a week. Hmm. I became the breadwinner in my household at in the third, at, in the third in grade. The third grade. Bro. Wow. I was about nine, ten years old. Years old. I don't yeah. Remember. Yeah. I became the breadwinner. And 
I became the man of the house at such an early age, right? So we saved, excuse me, we saved my money, we saved my mom's money, we sent her back on a bus to Phoenix, Arizona, where we are today, and then here goes another two years, right? So I've had to work out a lot of uh, internal trauma, right? Because totally. because listen, when you're in, when, first of all, the first time she left, right? Uh, it's called abandonment, even though it's mm -hmm. unintentional. Like you're abandoned, you feel abandoned. When you're in the first grade and your mom leaves you right to go to another country sure anybody out there that's an immigrant and is listening to this understands there's nothing that your grandparents or anybody else can tell you as a child that you're it's going to make you feel better hey your mom's trying to create a better life for you you're, you're like what does that even mean like bro you know i'm mean? 10 like, right like so well, actually like, i'm in the first grade so i'm oh, like eight, six or seven. something yeah. yeah i don't even know Right. And there's nothing that my grandparents could tell me that was going to make me stop crying every night at mm -hmm. night because my mom isn't there as a little kid. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So I had to deal with all that. And as an older, you know, as an adult, I had to heal that inner child. Of, I have bro since 2017. I have paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to different personal development coaches and mentors to heal all of this trauma and all this pain that was in there. You know what I mean? Because just like just like all the struggle and the challenges right made up the construct of what i am today mm -hmm. well guess what right a lot of pain came from all of that too there was, totally there was pros and cons so just to wrap up my story here my mom came came to phoenix two years later she goes and gets me she pays she she gets me first by the way i'm the oldest right i'm the breadwinner and she pays a guy 25 bucks in Ogala, sonora to literally jump me through a hole in the fence to a van at the McDonald's where she's at. Then we come up to Phoenix and then she started my paperwork process in 1997. I was entering the seventh grade. So she started my paperwork process in 97. And then eventually, you know, praise God, I got my work permit. And then after my work permit, I got my residency. And then after my residency, I became a citizen. And then a year later after my citizenship, I, I launched my own business. So dude, that's kind of my, my dude, story, man, dude. No, all right. <clears throat> okay, cool. So Can we have you speech. I mean, that that's that's a speechless moment right there, dude. Like that's, that's yeah. That's it's, that's uh, to be selfish. That's what I want to hear from you. I mean, because like acquisitions and businesses and the conversation we had in the hallway before this, that's dope. This is what I feel like. I personally, I feel and Nikki Teal agree. That's what our audience needs to hear because the small to. business owners come from poverty. Very very few people can have that conversation that we had in the hallway and relate to what we were talking about. A lot of people, the, the 1400 people are going to be at MenaceCon. Can a lot of them will be able to relate to not necessarily the dirt floors, Mexico immigration, you know, but going starting back from the trenches, but yeah, but it could, dude, you could be in Phoenix and have that same situation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. just cause there's a border doesn't mean, you know, Hunch. everybody has their own borders, right? Hungry's so still hungry, no matter where you're at. Right. That's Stress, it. you know, yeah. evictions and bankruptcies and repoed cars and, stressing to just get you know rice get and beans the on the paid. table yep. right but yeah. no matter where you're at i, think I, I feel like that. you never blamed your mom though for those circumstances no which is amazing because that's what everybody wants to do is they want to be the victim and they want to blame people for their their lack of success and for the situations that they're in you can't control being born in mexico and going back and forth and all that stuff even at freaking 10 years old like mm. it is not your fault Right. Yeah. But then there was a switch of like, dude, like it doesn't matter if it's my fault or not. I want to help my mom. I'm going to go start. Right. 
learn in English because I want to support my family, mm-hmm. right? And then and then go from there mm-hmm. to getting your citizenship and then starting your own business. That is where it comes. That's where it comes in, and that's that right there is beautiful because so many, especially right now in 2022, going into 2023, we have such a an entitled society that we think that we deserve everything just because we live here in the USA mm-hmm. that we should get an iPhone. We should get a reliable vehicle. Mm-hmm. We should have someone pay our rent. Our light should never be turned off. We don't like how many people have ever been through, you know, having their lights turned off or like where they're going to get their next meal. Right. Or like what is missing rent? Right. Like a lot of, especially the younger generations, they've never felt that. And so to be able to realize like, dude, like you have it fucking awesome. <laughs> and like, be grateful because there's other people, like I said, and it's funny that your your friends like, uh, is this a Carlos Reyes that I helped cross the border? No way. Read that. Read the top there. Hey, brother. Good evening. Are you the person I think you are? Peanut butter and M M&M and M sandwiches, man. <laughs> Do you know so what good. is it going to feel like to shoot him this podcast episode and you publicly in front of how many thousands of people just said thank you to that man, Patrick? I'm gonna sh- I'm, I'm gonna have to. Can, that badass? Can I? Can I'm we? Can to. we give him? Can we give him a ticket to Menascon and bring him and bring him up on stage? Bro, I'll fly him in. If if you want to entertain we'll him that, the ticket, if you want to fly him in, I'll fly to, him in. Dude, that would be dope. We'd because, be honored then, to have him. Tell the tell the story. Stage, tell the story, and then afterwards bring him up on stage. Bro, there ain't gonna be a freaking. I'm like trying bro, not to cry right now. Like, who are you, bro? Like, yeah. I used to like you were that poor kid, and you know, in the projects that I used to bring yeah, sure. peanut butter and M M&M and M sandwiches to that everybody Isn't that used powerful. To, you know, I think that's gonna hit him a little bit different too. Dude, bro. You, well, he changed your life at a young age. Bro. Now, we we would love to be able to do that for you. Let's get him out there for sure, dude. We were best friends, man. I remember you had a little ponytail back. I used to come to your house. You still have it? <laughs> <laughs> no, he used oh, to have a ponytail. Yeah. Oh, he used yeah. to have a ponytail. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, bro, man, like, yeah, we were practically best friends for a long time back then. Like, bro, like, you know, like, it's dude, bring this, is, bring like this is. For sure. This, this episode is sh- t- like taking a shape of something that I think is just so special. So we had Ed Milet on the show mm-hmm. and he said something that really stood out to me. And I, and I think this is just really who you are in, in just your life, like what your legacy is. He said, you are most qualified to help the person that you used to be. Mm. He mm-hmm. said, if you've been broke, mm-hmm. you could help the broken. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I believe in is the pain of your past can become the passion of your future. Mm. You know, we've all created a mess in our lives, but mm-hmm. that mess that you've created you know, can become the mission of your future. And I think Carlos Reyes is, is like the most represent, you just represent that so much, man. You've been through so much, but I think that's why, like you give so much free content, Mm -hmm. free advice, Mm -hmm. because my, my, just my theory, the person you used to be, I don't think you want anybody around you to be broke. No. So I think you're still the, the, the pain that you had in your past Mm -hmm. is truly the passion of what you live today. You just exude that. If that makes sense. Right. And I was just so crazy that Ed shared that. And then I'm sitting here with you, like looking at you going, well, that makes a lot of sense. I bet you I could go through every single clip on your Instagram and you're talking to 12 year old Carlos or the the third, you know, the third grade kid slinging groceries Mm -hmm. or even the 40 year old man trying to feed his family. But Mm -hmm. even before this episode started, just so you guys are aware, he was talking about the, the fact of retiring your wife and and trying to get financially free. You're still talking to 15 year old you, man. I think that's badass. I, I love so so going back to Ed's podcast. Ed's such a freaking G. He was talking about how so the power of one more comes from his dad, right? He was an alcoholic for thirty five years, or, or sorry, fifteen years. And, uh, and anyways, that, that had a lot of issues to go with that. But he never blamed his dad. Number one, number two, the fact that you 
did, you did exactly what Ed did is when this guy Patrick, right, and the peanut butter and M&M sandwiches, the the guy that the guy that saved Ed Milet's dad was probably an alcoholic or somewhere in that bad mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't some CEO executive, yeah. you know, coattail guy. He it was a dude that was some sort of in the alcoholism environment, not an AA person, but just somebody that was str- ju- struggling just below where Ed's dad was yeah. that said, "Hey, you got to get your shit together." One he got the ultimatum from his mom, but then he went he reached out to somebody that was it wasn't up here. And he was just he was just barely above, and that's like your buddy Patrick. He wasn't he wasn't rolling in the dough and wealthy. We're going to the same school, dude. He literally. Crazy. He, but the craziest part, the only difference, I and mean, there's probably more than one, but like that was just a peanut butter and M M&M and M sandwich. That was the only difference from like this dude being your best friend, from from where you were. But yeah. to you, that was everything. Everything. It was everything. Everything, bro. Well, I mean. You know, one thing, bro, um, I remember as a little kid, you know, I didn't have my my dad and uh, my dad passed away, by the way. Um, this year um, we started he, he started coming back into my life in 2012 when my daughter was born. Mm. Um, I have a 10 year old uh, daughter and a four year old daughter. And uh, obviously they, they become my, my life, you know, my wife and my, my family's like, that's it. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have none of that growing up and I just want the best for them, you know. Sure. Um, but. Anyway, I remember, bro, like talking to my heavenly father, right, which is God, even as a little as a little boy, because my my uncle, uh, his name is Clement. He was a pastor. He had a, he, he was a pastor at his own little church that he built in Mexico. And my mom used to always take us every Sunday, every Sunday. And at one point I was even playing the drums at his church. Right. I was learning the nice. guitar. I was, and I was I was actively already playing the drums. So I was already becoming like a musician. I've always been a creative. You know, I love. I love art. I love music. You know, I'm a creative. I create businesses now. You know what I mean? Um, but the one thing that I remember always asking God, bro, I never asked him for money, not one time in my life. You want to know what I asked him every single day? To this day, to this morning. I've always asked him for wisdom. And I've always asked him for wisdom. And by the way, this year, it, 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 it all made sense to me. Be careful with what you ask God for, you know what I'm saying? Because he's going, he's, he's going to bring it to you in a way that you don't, you don't see it. You don't see it when you're in it. You know, I asked him for wisdom. Look, look at all the things that I've been through. How do you gain wisdom? By experience. Experience. Yeah. Wisdom, in my opinion, is uh, internal experience, you know, like an in, internal knowledge that's gained through experience, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. So everything that I went through with, you know, like being born in another country and having to come here and having to get it from the bottom and having to go through everything, bro, you know, and it's like, I haven't even got to the point where, you know, I graduated high school and then my mom in 2005, you know, she fell into, into smoking glass, you know, my superhero, my superwoman started smoking glass and, she became a drug addict from 05 to 2017. I retired her in March of 2017 because I promised her, I said, hey, mom, the day that you leave this is the day that you never have to worry about anything in your life again. And my mom, you know, brother, it got to the point where, you know, it was hard for me to uh, be laying in a bed 
in a comfortable bed with a pillow and not knowing where my mom was that night. Like imagine having to go through that, right? And it got to the point where sometimes I would find her in random places. This shit was the, by the way, that hurt more than more than everything mm. else. Like my mom being on drugs, that hurt me more than more than poverty. Yeah, immigration, all that, that, the, that, the wet back cards, all that stuff. Nothing, nothing compared to, to you know what was happening in, in my heart when, when I was going through this with my mother because at some point like there were some cases bro where i would see her so bad and depleted that i would um i would actually take her i would say you know well we got to get you i can't let you die so i would take her to go buy you know like a a dime of glass or Hmm. you know a 20 of of glass just to get her to even start talking and functioning again right but i'll tell you what watch this that was the hardest part of my life uh, my mom being on drugs, and, and you know, um, I remember the year was uh, late 2016, and I was up in Sedona because I've been going up to Sedona for a long time, mm. right? Uh, actually, no, hold on. She she was completely clean late 2016, early 2017. I retired her around February, March of 2017, and then I'm up in a mountain in Sedona in 2019. I said, "Mom, I said, how did you do it?" I tried everything. I cried. I yelled. I fought. I put you in centers. Uh, you know, like, what? How did you? You know how hard it is, bro, for a person to to stop being a drug addict mm-hmm. after what? Oh, five to seventeen. What is that? Fifteen. Over a decade. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Fifteen years. Twelve years. Mm-hmm. Bro, you know how hard it is for a mm-hmm. drug addict to stop being a drug addict after a decade of of that's all your body knows and then you got to go through the the you know cleaning right the detoxing process and all that so i was up on a mountain because i was just like how does she how does she do it what did it and i'm up in this mountain and i'm like mom you know she uh first and foremost she says son uh i just want to say that i'm very I'm, i'm very proud of you and the man that you've become and then that's when i said mom i'm very proud of you and the woman you've always been and everything that you've done because without you there's no me and with the and, and with no me there's no my daughters and my wife and oh. the life that we without you right without your vision sure so i said how did you do it and bro i started when she told me this bro i just started i just broke down on top of that mountain it was the mesa airport vortex uh in sedona she says she says I saw, I saw who you were becoming and I saw what you were doing and it, it inspired me to do better. And that shit, that shit broke me down, bro, because a lot of us, we don't even know, we don't even know, but there's a lot of people, there's people that are watching us and counting on us. You don't even know who's counting on you, bro. You know what I mean? Who's seeking totally. that day? Like, like they're you, they're seeking your you, content to keep going, like for motivation, for inspiration, brother, right? Yeah. My pursuit of uh, success, my pursuit of personal excellence, after twelve years, inspired my mother to get mm. clean and 
be my mother again and be a grandma. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, totally. like by you, by you chasing the ultimate version of yourself, though. Yeah. You you unconsciously give them permission to do the same, bro. Right. Yes. By leading yourself, yeah. man. I think that's powerful. You, you understand? That's, yeah. That's so. That's one of the things that I preach like crazy because, my dude, it's not about the money. Because for the guys that are killing it and they're financially successful, to where they're like. I don't need another dollar in my life and I'll be just fine. Mm -hmm. So you don't do it for the money because once you hit it, then what? Then you start dying inside. Mm -hmm. So the whole goal, because Ed Milet literally on our podcast said that he's like, he just talked about it with his wife the day of, the morning of our podcast. He's like, she's like, hey, when is enough enough? And she, he's like, never. And she's like, why? He's like, because- It's not about I, the money. Right. He's like, because mm -hmm. it, yeah, it's not about the money. And he's like, it's about me reaching my true potential. That's it. And like his other, his first book, Maxing Out. Mm -hmm. That's literally what it is. Like he wants to reach his true potential, right? And until then you keep grinding. But along the way, you're impacting people. And a lot of these guys are silent. They're not telling you. They're not liking your stuff, not commenting your stuff. They're not like, hey, Carlos, let's go to lunch. They're random people that are watching mm -hmm. your content, mm -hmm. more than likely for free, mm -hmm. on some sort of a social platform. Mm -hmm. And you're changing their life even though you don't know it. Mm -hmm. And that's what gets me going a lot of times too, is I know there's somebody out there and this dude has saved a couple of people from suicide just from being a genuine being, man. right? You want to tell him that story? Yeah. Do you dude. have it in you? Yeah. Oh, man. The, oh. This episode is just going off, man. You don't know who's watching, right? And I just know that your story matters no matter, no matter who you are, no matter what you've fucked up in your life. I've made every mistake I think a human can make, right? We've all done the wrong turns. You've Wisdom. Dated You've dated the right that's wisdom. What you pray for, right? Wisdom. You've had failed businesses. Mm -hmm. And you know, I got into wisdom. real estate in 2007, man, when the market was crashing, like mm -hmm. that was my big investment, you know, Damn. we've seen it all, <laughs> bro. Right. No. I know what that's all about. Um, and I just shared a video about, uh, depression and, you know, the life of an entrepreneur and the ups mm -hmm. and the downs. And I was just very open and raw. Right. And that's why to me, uh, before the episode started, Carlos and I were talking about how people stage these photo shoots or stage these videos, content creation. Right. And mm -hmm. I like just real, genuine, authentic mm -hmm. content. And I just recorded a video about some struggles that I had, you know, and it takes a moment of getting vulnerable and getting some haters. Mm -hmm. But I knew that, that there's one person out there that might be listening. I put out a video about depression in entrepreneurship and how it's okay. And, you know, this strong guy saying, hey, I've battled this, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've talked to doctors and stuff. And so sure enough, video goes up on Facebook and I think I had, you know, 100 views. No big deal, right? Another video, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. And so two days later, I get a DM and it's a video from a guy in a hospital gown. And he said, hey, man, I, um, I saw that video you put up about depression two days ago. And he goes, I follow you. I look up to you. And he goes, the fact that you had the strength to show up and say, I've battled that. And if you have, it's okay too. And you're just human. You're my brother. I love you. I believe in you. It gets better. He said, because of that video, I checked myself into the hospital. I had uh, a bottle of whiskey set aside and I had the pistol laying on the counter. And later that night, I, I, that was my plan was to, was to finish that to bottle and, and finish mm -hmm. it. And he goes, I don't know what it was. If that was God's, you know, divine intervention. When that video came up, he goes, whatever you said, inspired me to just get to the hospital. And I knew that if I could get there, they would help me. Wow. And it was just, dude, I told that story at Menacecon 1. And to me, the power of your story and the power of your content. So let me ask you a question, man. Like your story is incredible. And I know there's somebody just like that man out there that is listening. They saw that you were on the podcast. They saw you were tagged in this. Will you speak to that man or woman right now who's been following you? They see, well, how many followers you have across the channels? You're a million plus, right? Yeah. Easily. I would say over a million between just TikTok and Instagram, 492, three something. 
Uh, yeah, I would say close to a million, maybe. There's know. somebody right Organic. now. There's somebody Not that bot. follows you. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no fake likes, no fake views. No, fa- I mean that's it's genuine, disgusting. Yeah. By the way, yeah. the, the stuff you're seeing out there. Yeah, it, I, I'm looking at the, the what's going on on social, sure. and I'm like, come on, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just bro, why? Like the yeah. vanity metrics, you know sure. what I'm saying? Like, totally. Like, I got a video that just did 132,000, and then I got a video today that only has about three to four thousand plays. Yeah. Like, who cares? Put it out there. You as know long what I mean? as one's watching. Dude, but, that, yeah. but guess what? That one person in those three to four thousand could have been that guy. Right. Yeah. So, so it's one hundred and forty thousand. Talk it to be talk to him right now, man. They've been following you or following us. They're on the come up. They need hope. They need they need some. How did you get so charismatic? How did you get so many followers? Like talk to that person right now. In all of your word, words of of wisdom, they're listening to you right now. What advice would you have for that person on the come up, man? Well, first and foremost, I I just want. You know, first and foremost, I want you to know that life and success doesn't happen, you know, overnight. It's actually it's like the compound effect of trying to do the best that you can every single day and making one good choice after another good choice after another good choice. And then if you do make a bad choice, don't live, don't live in that sentiment for too long. Right. Get up and go make a good choice and go make a good choice because you know, in life, that's, that's how it is. It's a compound of action and choices. And, you know, even Ed says this all the time, and I live by this, and I've been living by this since I was a little kid. In life, you do not get what you want. You get your standards, the standard you have for yourself, right? Like you, you know what I mean? Here and here and here, mind, body, spirit, the standard you have for your significant other, the standard you have for your relationships, the standard you have for your work ethic, the standard you have for your discipline. You see what I'm saying? Like that right there, I promise, if you're aware and conscious of these things that I just mentioned and you do your best every single day to do what you can, right, with what you have, I promise success is inevitable. It just takes time. Man, like for me and for you guys, success didn't come in, one month or three months or one year, it came over years and years and years. I'll tell you this. I remember when I first made my first million, I'm like, shoot, I'm successful. Then I remember when I made my, my 10th million, you know what I'm saying? Right. Sure. Sure. So, you know, and, and that's just what it is, is if you are willing to commit to pursuing your personal excellence on a daily basis, even when, even on the days that you do not feel like doing anything, right? For whatever reason, you may be going through depression, which I've gone through on three to four different occasions, right? I even have, to, bro, I, I even checked myself in to a wellness clinic in, uh, in Tampa. Wow. You know what I mean? I, I, where they did um, uh, uh, IV, uh, IV infuse, infuses uh, every single, uh, every other day. Uh, they did colonics. Uh, they did uh, coffee enemas. They did sound healing. They did mind therapy. I checked myself in. Uh, this was the third time that I fell into a deep anxiety and depression. I've had, bro, I've had to battle those demons, right? So the fact that you're out there listening and you're like, man, anxiety and depression, man, that's just a me thing. Absolutely not. That's a everybody thing. I mean, no disrespect. In my opinion, one of the greatest golfers of all time, uh, Tiger Woods, he, look at his life. 
monetarily wise, the guy is more successful than most people on the planet. But then you have your broken marriages and you have all these, you know, these deficiencies and flaws and misfires in his personal life. You, you don't think he battles anxiety and depression and whatever. Like, oh, it's yeah. a very, by the way, we put on our the same way you do. We are, our, our shit doesn't smell different than yours. It goes down the same hole. Right. You see what, I, and it comes <laughs> out the same hole too. You know what I mean? Like, right. so I just want you to know that this is possible. But the only person that can make this manifest itself is you. And it's through your standards and it's through your commitment and it's through your discipline and it's, you know, through the sacrifices that you're willing to make that other people aren't. You know what I mean? It's through your social environment, literally trying to get rid of all the noise and the baggage and the negativity and the gossip and the energy vampires. Like That's what it's going to take for you to actually make yourself a successful human being because guess what? Everybody thinks money is success. It's not. Money follows growth money follows the value that you bring to the world you know what i mean that's how you get there man one one inch at a time we said this was gonna be fire go back rewind five minutes and listen <clears throat> to that 37 more times you'll be successful that five was about four and a half five minutes dude that was yep. amazing bro thank you brother that was some fire i'm speaking to people from the heart the only place I that's all that matters speak, brother bro, you know? carlos right. since, so, since i got you raw and real we're gonna do you're gonna do it i got a question yes sir <clears throat> so we're we're pushing podcasts all like crazy and it's my favorite question because everyone's answers are different but they're all the same for you carlos reyes what does it mean to be a menace on the spot bro a free thinker a free thinker a free thinker man i mean i know that you guys hey be a menace be an example think outside the box you know and people associate menace with negativity i mean we've all seen dennis the menace you know what i mean right I, it's sure. one of my favorite movies but the fact of the matter is in my opinion what it means to be a menace is to be a free thinker mm. and not only that but be committed to the pursuit of your personal excellence you know what i mean that is my opinion of being a menace so hopefully that answers your your choice your, your love question. it love it yeah because i i uh it's funny that you mentioned the whole, you said personal development a lot and personal progress. And I didn't read a book or listen to a podcast until I was 29 years old. Mm -hmm. So graduated 18, went on my LDS mission from 1991. And then 21 to 28 years, I never read a book, never listened to a podcast, just put my head down and worked. Mm -hmm. And so I learned, uh, I had a great work ethic, so I mastered my skills, but I didn't master myself. And that's, that's, there's never self mastery, by the way, you, there, you, there, it's always ongoing, right? Absolutely. But the, the, but I had massive growth when I was 29 and I'm 35 now to be able to start my own business, be successful and, and continue to help and bless the lives of other people and help impact other people. But it all started with that per, with yourself. Mm -hmm. Cause you try and work on your spouse and you try and work on your kids oh. and you try and work on your business partners, you try and work on your employees. And all you're doing is pointing other fingers when it's all internally you first. You got to get yourself. It's you versus you first. Mm -hmm. It's actually your current you versus your old you. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've learned that probably past two weeks with all these podcasts. It's not like it's you versus you. It's not you right now versus you right now. It's you when you were 11 or 10 or 12 or first, third grade, whatever, right? Uh, Nikki T when he moved from here to, to San Diego and it's, it's you, it's you now versus you, the old version of you. Let me prove that for you guys, by the way. Do you guys have, do you guys have some haters? Yeah, sure. Uh, do you resent 
these haters or you you don't resent the haters? At first, I did resent them. At so first, did I. yeah. So did I. It, Let me ask you this. The haters, your haters, more than likely, it, it's people that actually knew you at one point. Yeah. Sure. Bro, they're close. My haters are like, suit, like, so friends, or, or, family, ex employees, yeah. ex business partners, whatever. Watch this. Yeah, it's not some dude in the basement like in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Watch this. First time I laughed all day. Uh, did we laugh? Yeah, it is the first time I laughed all day. Thank there you, you for that. You need to laugh more, bro. I, 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 I really do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. We'll just start be... texting you jokes bro, and shit I during need... the day. We man. got you, dog. Have you seen some of my, my like the, the, the little people jokes that I put out there? Like with the, it's pretty funny. <laughs> bro, <laughs> you're lucky Terrence isn't here because this entire thing, this yeah. episode would have gone one hundred eighty degrees. Right? Oh, dude, yeah. But watch this. I'm totally. gonna prove what he just said. I'm gonna prove what the concept he just said. I have, I, I people that. Hate. By the way, I want you to know that hate is just a disguise of what is jealousy and envy. Mm -hmm. That's it. For whatever insecure insecurities they have that they project up on you, for whatever uh, you know, they're you're, they're seeing you do something that they want to, but they choose not to because they can if they wanted to, right? But here we go. So remember that hate, in my opinion, is a disguise for jealousy and envy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what I just said, the people that are hateful towards you guys more than likely are either envious or jealous of what you guys have either built for yourselves sure. in your own lives or what you're creating now. Okay. Sure, sure. So those haters, would you say that those people hate the present version of you or one of the older previous versions of you? Ooh. Do they hate the current version or the old version? My Who are they fighting against? Who do they remember? The old, which they, what in my That's opinion it. is this: they feel that at one point you might have been equals. Let's say, let's say your two buddies hang out at the bar, mm -hmm. you and I are drinking, watching football, right? Mm -hmm. Talking shit about maybe one day we're going to start a business. Mm -hmm. Well, if we're the same guy from the same upbringing, same you know, same mm -hmm. everything, right? Mm -hmm. And I take off, and I actually go start what we said we were going to do. Mm -hmm. You're not mad at the person that I am now. You're more mad at the the guy that you are then. That never took the action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe the person that you should have been. Should have been. Right? right. So if you think about it, a lot of like, I know a lot of my haters. Right. And and I don't even give a shit to have haters. I wish I didn't. But that's just life. Right. Like, sure, sure. I actually posted this on Facebook. I said, I hope that my haters are so wrapped up in their own toxicity and negativity and drama. Because, by the way, excuse me, you're not the only person they hate or have. Yeah toxicity no, towards there's multiples they ha that that is the life that they live every day right you know what i found out though this might help like kind of blow your mind is i've never met anybody that's doing more than me talking shit yeah no no because because so, well, hustle hate, appreciates hustle hustle you know what i'm saying that, but hate comes hate i said this in one of my one of my reels i said hate always comes from the bottom up like right. they hate up right why would you hate somebody that's doing less than you right like you don't hate you don't hate the person that's working a nine to five job and he's making like, no, you don't, you don't even like, that's irrelevant. Right. But they even, up. but even somebody on the come up, right? Like e even if you see like a baby entrepreneur that just started out his content, I love that guy. Absolutely. I want to rally his content. Hey dude, you know, I know the video sucked, but you're not saying they're hating on but him. you did it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, cause real appreciates that. Right. Do you yeah. remember your first videos, your first podcast? Like I know my first reel, like I remember my first flopped. Yeah. Yeah. My, right. my first speaking engagement, uh, was in 2016 in Las Vegas. It was about 150 people. 
And I remember I had to take uh, two drinks of uh, Johnny Walker to just even get on the stage. Carlos, my first time on stage, (laughs) I walked on stage. I was shaking so hard. I mic dropped. Not like mic dropped in a good way. Literally dropped the microphone because my hands were shaking and I couldn't get a word out. But you have to start somewhere. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. And you get better and you get better. But my, my point was this. Those those haters are they're hating and they're they're fighting a ghost. They're fighting a previous, mm. previous, 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 previous version of yourself. Like some of the people that may be hateful towards me, like it could be people from my neighborhood. Look at this guy. Oh, he thinks he's the shit. Sure. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? I I think the reason for it to sum this up is they see you reaching the true version and the real potential mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. and that they know that they can give more and that they can reach their own true potential. And they have not that they can't, they just haven't made that decision to do it yet. And we have. And so that's where that jealousy of is like all the work that it took to put, to put in to be that new version of you. Yep. They haven't put that in. That's why they're not at the bank. That's why they're at the bar. Grant Cardone talks about this. Like, dude, we don't see you at the bar. He's like, I don't see you at the banks. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's and good. It's so it's so it's he says in a comedy way, but like the, the principle is still the same. It's like the reason why those hitters are there is because they know that deep down inside, they have the potential to be the best version of themselves, but they've chosen to make bad choices or whatever reason. And so they haven't done that. And so therefore they're taking out on those that have, or that have started to. And so you, you, that gap and it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with wealth. Mm-hmm. It just, it just doesn't. And because, and the reason why you can relate to, you can relate to that is because you saw in your mom, the, the worst, worst version of herself. And you're like, mom, I know you can be way better than this, mm-hmm. but you had to show her the best version of you mm-hmm. to pull her out of that drug addiction. Imagine if you weren't reaching your true, but this is insane. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you weren't reaching your true potential as Carlos Ray is, mm-hmm. your mom still might be doing drugs today. So yes. Carlos, I, I, I got so much more. I want to share with you guys, by the way, that's why I asked you, I wanted to share something with you. Look, someone from my neighborhood reached out to me and I, I it was in my request, so I couldn't really see it. Check this out. This is, I mean, this like literally, you know, this is somebody from my neighborhood, right? Like somebody I grew up with. Back in the day. Sure. From back in the day, right? And he says, Big Los, what's up, man? It's Monio from Birdie Park, right? That's where I grew up. Mm. He says, I'm reaching out to you because I feel you would be able to help me out, blah, blah, blah. You're literally in my last resort. And again, I'm sorry for bothering you. All bullshit aside, I'm short on my rent, $150. Mm. Uh, I'm willing to help. I started working, da, 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 da. Uh, uh, for me this one one time brother by the way congratulations on being so successful bro real shit i knew you would be from the jump hmm. keep up keep up the good work man i hope you read this message hey brother hope all is well what's a good cash app that's cool man this 150 bucks whatever you know what i mean but that's what i'm saying see this person is not he's from my own neighborhood he's not hating on me yeah he's like hey bro i'm a little short can you help me out by the way i always knew you were the fact that he just gave me love, I'm like, yo, got you. What's the cash app? Got you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. That's what I'm talking about, bro. Like, yeah. there's people that are fighting with the ghost, an old version of your of you. Oh man, look at that dude. He don't even come around to the neighbor. First and foremost, bro. Like, I think it's absolutely stupid that you you know like all these like rappers and and, and whatever 
it's not cool to go back to the neighborhood where you grew up in where no way. you know what i mean like and by the flaunt way, it for everybody still there it's cool to go back and contribute sure yeah it's not cool to go back and hang out no. you know what i'm saying like no. like as soon as you get enough money and credit and you can do better for yeah. yourself you should try to get out of the neighborhood because guess what social environment mm. Yeah. Social environment. You're in a different place. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. really are the people that you are around. Well, and and my light talks about that, right? The thermostat. Like if you're on hot and you go down there and those guys are all cooling down, they are going to cool you down. Mm -hmm. They just are, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of my one of my not one of my my biggest fan and mentor on planet Earth is Grant Cardone. Okay. Right? I got him. It's, he's in my he's in my veins. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of I had to put in the work and I had to change my mindset, but he because he became the best version of himself mm -hmm. and came out with all those books and is worth, you know, is a billionaire and all that stuff. What I love is that he was also a drug addict yep. from 16 to 25. Yep. But because, because of his mom, because funny, we're talking about moms, it's like a mom episode, right? Yeah. And because his mom said, Hey, I'm not supporting this anymore. Get out. You're done. Went to rehab. And then his whole story, but because his mom said, Hey, I'm done. I'm not supporting this anymore. He decided to make a choice, and since then, he has lived up to his truest potential self. Because he's done that, he's been able to bless my life. Sure. He couldn't pick me. He couldn't pick me out of a lineup, mm -hmm. right? I've been to every growth con. I've read all his seven books. I have a mem literally freaking memorized. I'm on his Cardone University. Like I yeah. eat, sleep, drink, all of his stuff. But that's because he became the best version of himself. And indirectly, it has blessed the lives of millions and millions of people. And that's what I think you're doing. And that's what we want to do as well. So let's wrap with this, man. They're out there listening. They want to live the truest potential. Any final thoughts for that, that young man listening? Okay. I, I, I truly, I watch my mom do this. And, and it's, I call it my five-step success formula. I, I actually got this from watching my mom because if you think about it, right, when you're born, Everything that you become, it's it's uh, even your even your perspective. It's acquired. It's programming that is acquired through demonstration of other people. Think about it: your your mom, your dad, your teachers, your brothers, your whatever, right? Your uh, your friendships. You know what I mean? Um, and I got this from watching my mom. You know, because prior to my mom, obviously, you know making some bad choices once I was already grown up and I can fend for myself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I learned this from watching this woman, you know, working one, two, three jobs at a time, you know, and I actually listed, I, I listed this the other day. Uh, you're, by the way, you see that? You guys know what that is? No, it is not. It's your visa. No. Voluntary grocery bagger. Wow. Oh. Wow. <laughs> that's no my, way. That's that's my ID, right? That's my that's my ID for bagging groceries as a, as a as a as a young dude, right? So anyway, with my mom, you know, I got to see this woman uh, do this over a lifetime, and if you, I I can tell you this, everything that I am right now, I sure as shit didn't learn from my dad because he wasn't there. You know, what sure, I mean? sure. So I saw my mom uh, do this throughout my life, and I was like, man. Once I became aware enough and I was, and now that I'm an entrepreneur, I'm like, okay, so this is what she did, right? Uh, this is the five-step success formula for anybody. Uh, first and foremost, this is not part of the step, but one, if you have work ethic, and Grant talks about this all the time, put, 
put all that time and energy in towards the right vehicle, mm. right? What is the right vehicle? You know, like if you're going to be, if you're going to be a hard worker and you're going to be a resourceful person, go find a vehicle that you can put all that talent and all that potential into that can give you a good return. Right. Mm -hmm. So ROT return on time. You know right. what I mean? But this is the five, six success formula that I learned from my own mother as, as a child and as a teenager, as a young adult, one is vision, right? Mm -hmm. You got to have vision. Did you know that we as human beings are the only mammals that have the ability to envision and imagine mm. and dream? Bro, I don't like God gave us a gift, right? Vision, right? Use it. And where there's no vision, the people will mm -hmm. perish. Vision, right? So step one is vision. Sure. Two is commitment. Okay, so you have a vision. You want to be a doctor. You want to be a lawyer. You want to have your own roofing company. You want to have multiple businesses, which we didn't. We didn't even get into the businesses that I do. Sure. Right. Right. Whatever. We'll, we'll probably do it at MenaceCon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, um, two commitment. You have to be committed to that vision. I feel like a lot of people, like I said, they give up too soon. They try something for thirty days and it doesn't work, and they they stop. Right. Okay, so you got to be committed. You got to be willing to do it on the days that you don't feel mm -hmm. like doing it. You guys know this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Number three is sacrifice. What are you willing to sacrifice to make it happen? Are you willing to sacrifice Friday nights at the bar with your friends? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to sacrifice your own personal downtime playing video games or watching Netflix? Or are you willing to sacrifice the friendships that you have that are not contributing towards where you want to go that are actually good one. Totally. Willing to sacrifice because mm -hmm. where there's no sacrifice, there's no reward. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. Uh, number four is work ethic. Can you name a person that you've had on this podcast that didn't have work ethic? <laughs> no one. Insane amount of work ethic. Number five is perseverance. Can you name a person that you've had on this podcast that you have on the stage at MenaceCon that gave up? No. You see that? Mm. Vision, commitment, sacrifice, work ethic, perseverance. I believe that if you do those five things, success is inevitable. Success is inevitable. I promise. I give you my word. You know, out of the five, I think the one that Carlos represents most. It's number five, perseverance, my friend. Just go, baby. This this episode has meant the world to us, and I, I really hope our listeners and viewers really have have learned so much from from being at rock bottom and, and you know pulling yourself up from your bootstraps, man. I think perseverance. When I look at you now, it's give first and persevere. <laughs> like that's my man, Carlos Reyes. So guys, uh, if you, if you were listening to this before January 11th, Carlos will be on stage at MenaceCon January 11th, 12th, and 13th. Uh, Jason, you want to sign us off? Yeah. Um, so. I want to thank you, Carlos, for hopping on. For sure, bro. That was this was nothing like I thought it was going to be, and everything um, that, and and everything that, time, you know? and everything that we wanted and needed for real. It's good stuff. This so. is, I believe our, our podcast is just this archive of just people's stories and lives right. and lessons. And somebody can grab this off like the shelf, like a DVD Absolutely. and listen to that when they need it. Yeah. And I know there will be somebody that's going to DM you because of this episode and say, Hey, thank you. I needed to hear that. Yeah. And I really hope that that's you. Yeah. So we go fist out. We say, be an example of me at Menace. Ready? One, two, three. Be, be an example, example be, be a menace. menace.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Menace to Society. A menace to society. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button for more future episodes and share with other menaces that aren't afraid to stand out and smash their goals. Oh, and if you own a business that's generating 100000 or more and you want to explode your business with more revenue while working less, head on over to BeAMenace.com. You owe it to yourself.